Nodex is going to give it to you. Joel Selwood's going to give it to you this week for episode 70. It's time for a beer podcast. Just having a quick look at Joel's numbers. 300 games on the weekend. Six times All-Australian. Three times captain of that team. Three flags. Three best and fairest. What a career he's been. An out-and-out champion. But before we do get into the Joel Selwood chat, I must quickly say, please, if you do do the rating stuff, which I don't know what the rating stuff does, but please give me five stars and write a little review, something nice. I'll buy you a beer, is what I promised last week. This week, I'll say, if you give me a review, I'll send you a DP. How's that? A review, five-star review for a DP. And as his wife, I can confirm it is thoroughly unimpressive. Hey, hey, enough out of you. Enough out of you. It is now time, as I've been put off by the wife, it's now time to listen to this guy. Celebrating 300 games, winning every award in the world except the Brownlow. Suck shit. Told at 16 his knee wouldn't hold up to the rigors of AFL. What do you reckon about their diagnosis, Choco? You're wrong! One of the best players in the AFL for 15 years, please welcome Joel Selwood. He's still using ad- ad- advancements, some products for the hair that was thinning at a young age. You know, um, I've held on quite well because I did get that feedback as a 19-year-old, yeah. not only from you, but from many of my teammates. Oh, yeah. But um, no, I get a cut every two weeks now because I need to cut the greys out. You're going grey. Well, it's and it's that one that the, the other boys from other clubs got. You're the old guy, so uh-huh. <laughs> we've got a couple of them. So Harry Taylor gets a bit of feedback on his. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, if mine start coming through a bit heavier, I'm in trouble. Mate, uh, Harry Taylor, I've, I've texted you a few times. He reminds me of Dirk Nowitzki in his last couple of years. Yeah. Just the shuffle, the old man shuffle. He looks like he hadn't got a minute left in him, but he just keeps going. Oh, there's been um, – I can't remember what side it was. There was one – it was the coach and one of the players walked – walking across the oval and they saw H doing a pre-warm-up and they're like, couldn't possibly play in today. Could I think it was Hawthorne. I think, it was, I think I heard Clarko talking about it. I reckon it might have yeah, been like a, an Easter Monday big clash or something. And like, uh, yeah. I heard him talking about Harry Taylor because I think he loves Harry Taylor, obviously. Uh, yeah. I heard him say, like, obviously this bloke cannot be playing a game of AFL football today. <laughs> Yeah. Now, How are you? I'm going well, mate. Now, um, I do. It, it's time for a beer with uh, with Joel Selwood. It's it's early in the day for me over here, so the wife will be thrilled with me by the time I get to bed tonight. I might have a few under the saddle, but uh, I'll pop one and away we go, mate. Um, I want to start. I want to go back. I mean, you're a current day footballer, so when I when I chat to the current day footballers, I've got to be very careful. Okay, so. There's a couple of things that you and I have done throughout our past, which we won't be talking about, okay? They're, they're off the sure. agenda. You're safe because I, I really want your upstanding um, history to continue on, your legacy to continue on. But I want to go back to school. Uh, what were you like as a student at school? <laughs> well, firstly, very mature of you, Zabe. Yes. Um, where you've taken this podcast. And I've listened to um, a number of your episodes, so I'm glad that we uh, – can get that out of the way and have a beer for me whilst we're going because I'm um, pre-game up here in Sydney. Yeah, so of course. You can knock over too quickly. I know you can do that for sure. But mm. uh, school, I enjoyed school, but I wasn't um, an upstanding citizen. I, yeah. I tried, but I wasn't very good. Uh, struggled with uh, 
English. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't concentrate. Uh, no, I I enjoyed being there, but I I probably was just that got in the road a little bit, to be yep. honest. Enjoyed the social side of it a bit too much. Great, because your mother Marie uh, follows me on Instagram, so right. I slid into her DMs and um, chased up a few right. school reports um, of you when you were a student. <laughs> so, do any of these names ring a bell, Marine Ma? Yeah, Maureen Ma, yeah, my music teacher. Yeah, what would you say? What would you say she'd say about you? (laughs) She's pretty strict. She was a hard woman. Uh, Um, Just how I like them. She would have thought that, yeah, probably not much talent in the music room. No talent and removed from class too often was was Maureen's uh, comment about you. Uh, What about Kath Seckham? No, well, she would have liked me, Kath. So she was um, a grade two teacher, um, but I wasn't the favourite of the Selwoods for her. Troy was because he uh, he was a really good writer, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, she enjoyed that side of the uh, educational part. Yep, you talk too much and you struggle to concentrate. That (laughs) that sounds about fair. And the last one I've got is Helen Higgins. Oh no, no, I would have got an A plus for this one. I still keep in contact with Helen, so yeah, grade five, six teacher, and I think, to be honest, when I did grade five, she actually called me back into her class for grade six because uh, we had a great relationship. A delightful joy who was far more advanced than other students. (laughs) There you go. That's the report cards from your uh, from your growing up days. You did mention uh, Troy before. Four boys. Uh, you were obviously wedged yeah. in the middle, twins at the top, poor old Scoot down the bottom. What was it like growing yeah. up as a young lad? Four boys, all obviously love your sport, your athletics, that sort of stuff. Can you remember the battles in the backyard? Yeah, well, they get talked about a lot, but I, I don't know if they were battles, but yeah. we did. We enjoyed sport, you know, after school, of weekends, um, you know, just everything we would play. Uh, we had a trampoline, we had a big backyard with a tennis court in it, and we just love being outside more than anything you know we tried our craft in a bit of everything yeah uh, whether it be tennis basketball um athletics uh but footy was the number one for us and we just yeah i guess there was battles but they, they're probably not made out to what they yeah. are you know they get a bit of salt and pepper and sugar on them these days that make them sweet and a yeah. bit nasty at the yeah, same nice. time i like it so who were you closer to the the two boys at the top or you and scoot have a, a relationship well, the boys left when, so I was 14 uh, when the boys left to go to Perth and uh, to West Coast and Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So uh, that left Scoot and I at home. And it was really just through that growing up period, um, you know, both sort of going through puberty together and yeah. whatnot. But it's it's that sort of growing up period where, um, you know, his friends were my friends and vice versa. And um, yeah, we spent heaps of time together. I remember... Um meeting some of your friends on an under-18 footy trip I did to Bendigo. Um, we sat in a spa. Up, upstanding citizens. They upstanding citizens. Jeez, that was, uh, they were good, they were good fun nights, the, the Bendigo crew. When you, were, when you were going through your under-18, so I met you in under-13s, under-13s, uh, 15s, whatever it was. Uh, we went to the Gold Coast to play for Vic Country. You were captain, yeah. and I was somehow appointed vice-captain. They must have just um, randomly selected it and gone... We need to cover most of Victoria because there was no way in the world I should have been vice captain. But you were by far the best <laughs> player. But as a leader that you were, you tried to include me in things as, as the vice captain. I was just thrilled that Joel Selwood was the best player in the competition 
wanted to hang around me. What was I like as a lieutenant to you, Joel? Who's your vice captain now? A right hand man. Well, for a number of years, it was Harry Taylor. Yeah. And, um, like, you were really solid. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but Harry just, he sort of crosses the T's yeah. and dots the I's for me. So yeah. you weren't doing that back then, but you were very enjoyable to be around, that's for sure. And uh, you sell yourself short, mate, because you were um, – I don't think it was the only time that you were a leader. Where else did I get a, a Guernsey? A footy trip? Well, I reckon, did you get one through the under-16 time Oh, too? yes, I did. You're just a young, mature, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, I did. I, again, I think that was you just saying, pick him, he'll come. But, um, <laughs> mate, you missed your under-18 year. You, would, you were ineligibly drafted the year I got drafted, even though we were a couple of months behind, yeah. uh, behind each other. Uh, you missed the year with a knee injury. Was that... Uh, what was it exactly? Because there's a lot of talk about you having injury concerns coming through. Was it was it something serious at the time or overblown? No, no. Early days it was serious because I needed to um, basically it was just a piece of bone. Um, I'm looking down at my knee when I say this. Yeah, but a piece of bone that was falling off my femur basically, yep. and um, it was just too big to sort of you know put back on. So they um, needed just to sort of cut the rest of it out and then, you know, drill into the bone so that blood would come down um, and more cartilage, hopefully, would form in there. So mm. I was probably pretty lucky that the surgeon at the time, um, Hayden Morris, he sort of had Andrew Walker that was only sort of, you know, three or four years older than me, but mm -hmm. probably three years older than me, that was at Carlton at the time and had a similar lot of surgery. Um, so he was my guinea pig in a way. Yeah, beautiful. And, uh, someone that I knew um, and could sort of bounce off a little bit. The um, Just talking about the under-18 stuff. So you were captain, so you take responsibility? Yep. Well, yep. So, no, so, no, I think so, it was a shared job. So, so in that Vic Country side, do they, are these names any good? Um, Travis Boak, Sean Higgins, yeah, but... Sean Grigg, Scott Pendlebury, and yourself. All uh, Vic Country and boys. And it goes on. Yeah, so deeper. Much deeper. Dale Thomas was number, what was he, number two? Yeah, Daisy was there. Um, what what happened, mate? That that that, that team there, they, those four players, yourself, Boak, Pendlebury, and Higgins, are almost the best four midfielders in the competition. But you couldn't get us, a, you couldn't get us a victory. I, I I mean, a lot of this leadership stuff I've heard that you've been voted the best captain in the AFL and that stuff. You couldn't even get a big country team over the line. We didn't win nah, a game. We, we we went zero from three, didn't we? Yeah, we went zero from three. And it was, we probably just. You know, there was bigger things to fry all individually. By the <laughs> and we just, when you put us together, there was too many egos. So. Yeah, fair call. There's a few of those. Like, there, I mean, it was a it was a really enjoyable time back then. And uh, we were all finding our way. But, geez, some good players have come out of it and hung around. Absolutely. I spoke to Sean Grigg last night, uh, who's going to jump on this podcast in the next sort of six to eight weeks. He's at Geelong now. He is. And it's uh, he's, he's very enjoyable to be around. Like, we always knew. Um, so I was from Bendigo, obviously, and then um, Grigger was uh, at Ballarat. So And that was sort of the rivalry growing up. So I didn't only sort of cross paths with Grigger sort of, you know, every six weeks, but it was, um, you know, sometimes battling against each other. Sometimes it was on the same side. Mm, not batting on the tongue too, Grigger. He could talk a bit of shit when he needed to. Yeah, you know, he's good at that. Um, still is, yep. um, but very, very, very enjoyable. Good, very good storyteller. So, he is. good one for your listeners. Nah, it's good fun. 
The uh, so draft you go pick uh, after Hawthorne. Hawthorne have pick six, so you go pick seven. Is that right off the top of my head? Roughly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah, no, that's right. Um, I remember because I was already at Hawthorne. I remember taking you down to Hawthorne to a uh, that a two k time trial on. I remember bringing you down. The doctors wanted to see you uh, post draft camp. It was just after draft camp to see how to pull it up or whatever. What happened with Hawthorne yeah. and Joel Selwood? Well, it probably started the war that's still going 14, uh. 15 years later. <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be honest, mate, I was I was a bit unknown. Um, you know, I was hopeful that the knee would be okay, and I'd put it put my, uh, you know, I'd worked really hard to make sure that I would give it the best chance. But it, to be honest, out of all the doctors, um, the Hawthorne one had seen me the most yep. because. He was a part of our AIS Academy back then. So he was probably the right guy to make the call on me out of everyone. <laughs> yeah. So it was just sometimes like you do occasionally, but you've got to take a pun on life. You and, do. Uh, the, the Geelong doctors did do that. Oh, so, Mate, it breaks my heart. I just really breaks my heart. I drove you down there. I remember like presenting you and I couldn't have said any more than he's the best player in the draft. Don't cock it up. And then they went and took Mitch, <laughs> they took Mitch Thorpe, um, which I, I've heard you say in the past that Mitch Thorpe actually had a pretty good under-18 carnival and, and wasn't a bad selection. He just didn't play much footy. <laughs> he, was, he was a good player, Dave. Uh, we, saw him, we saw him from the age of sort of 15 to 18 come through. And uh, yeah. Mitch was, um, you know, he, the, the sexy player back then was, you know, the Rick, Nick Rewalt types, yeah. you know, um, which we had a lot in those drafts, Gumbleton. Hanson mm-hmm. and Mitch was similar to those guys, so um, yeah, didn't didn't pan out. But I actually still thought I was going to Collingwood at pick eight. So yeah, right. I, yeah, I just didn't have too much contact with Geelong. Whether now I sort of know Stephen Wells, it's sort of a little bit of the way that he goes about it. But um, yeah, I thought I was off pick eight to Collingwood all along. It not only broke my heart that you didn't come to Hawthorne where I was, but you also teamed up with one of our best mates, Tom Hawkins, as well. And I went from being the middleman between you two, because you were Bendigo, Tommy was at boarding school with me, and I was sort of the link between both, to you two were up each other's ass, and I was the one that was left out and no longer a part of a friendship group. That was the bit that really broke my heart, not getting, not getting you to Hawthorne, was I was eliminated from the three musketeers. Well, that's it, and, you know... I, I met Tom through you. Um, I, I remember going down to a, a game of footy where you played against Scotch, I reckon. And then after that, we sort of, you know, um, teamed up with Hawk and that was the first time I met him. And then, um, yeah, obviously knew that I was in, um, it was going to be an enjoyable year when I heard my <laughs> name called out for Geelong and knowing that he was already there because of the father-son rule. Mm. We could just set up like, base and we could just come after you like never before <laughs> you know things like that when i know you're very good on the tongue and you know um can really take someone down yeah it's just nice to have someone next year to go back at you and also like both physically had me covered as well so i had to be really swift on the tongue or i was just going to get a hiding but do you reckon that's where your hatred why do you hate hawthorne so much like what why like i, I try and uh, say hello to you on a footy field and you go like, fuck off mate i'm like Oh, right, let's let's do it this way then. Why do you hate us yeah. so much? Oh, mate, to, to be honest, it was just that. It was from that two thousand and you know seven period that I think that that 
you know, the 80s feel came back into it of mm. Geelong and Hawthorne, which we can thank, you know, our coaches over the time, like, you know, both Hawthorne and Geelong, but um, also the players, like, just were, Hawthorns were really competitive, just like ours. And, you know, there was always more reports than mm. ever before because we kept coming at you. It didn't matter what, where the sides were on the ladder, but the, the game was so, like, the game was, you know, way... I don't know. It was just a hotter game than, mm. you know, you play at any other stage of the year. And the thing about it now is, you know, I could speak to any of those Hawthorne guys and, um, and they do the same, but you thank each other. Yeah. For the, um, you thank each other for the competition over a 10 year period. That, mm. um, there's not many of us left sort of like myself and Harry and Tom and Gaz has come back obviously, but um, who was a part of the early stages of it. But then Liam Shields is probably, you know, and Izzy maybe the only ones that sort of yeah. are left from that sort of period. I knew I knew something was was amiss with uh, with Bomber uh, when in two thousand eight he didn't send Ling to me in the granny. I thought that was first signs <laughs> that uh, the wheels were falling off the wagon. But uh, I'm not going to talk about this. No, no, no. No, no. I just I just thought that 20, was where 20, something was going amiss that I could have been. The game would have been duff- different if Lingy had come to me. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Hey, there was one Hawthorne bout that I had with you. Uh, occasionally, I would play on you. I'd tag you, um, not for games, but for patches of games. Clarko used to either pick me or Chance Bateman and would go to uh, would go to the player. Now, there was one game. I used to get bad ringworm. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I used to get really bad ringworm. And I text you... Half sa- forward flank. Yeah, I text you... Half say- forward flank, and that was... Uh- the sort of members members end, the opposite end. Yeah, so I got bad ringworm, and I told you I was going to wipe it on you, um, and I, I wiped it on you, and um, you didn't like it. I went back and did some research how you went in those two games that I played on you. One, you had 32 and kicked a goal, and the other one, you had 30 and had 16 contested disposals. But that was when I realised that the AFL had two sets of rules. For the battlers like myself... And then rules for rules for the others because um, you punched me in the face one game, and um, Mark Evans, the footy manager out the Gold Coast, texted me saying, "Zave, you need to come into my office." Um, and I'd never been cited for anything, and I was like, "I didn't do anything." And they go, "You've been in a, a dispute of Barney with Joel," uh, and I text you, and you punched me in the face, and the AFL came back with uh, the vision was inconclusive. Now, if the foot was on the other shoe. If I'd punched you yeah. in the face, they would have hired a satellite. They would have hired a satellite going over Mars and gone up, pinpoint the moment he hits Joel Selwood, and we're going to give him eight weeks. Hey, no poor me. Don't say that. Don't say <laughs> no poor me stuff. Don't worry about that. Uh, you nah. gave out as good as you got, but uh, there was a couple ones that you just go a little bit extra harder when it's a good mate. So, yeah. uh, Gee, you did cop a couple. How do you go and with. Don't worry. You gave them out too. Nah. So, How do you go with Hodgie and Mitch? Really well. Yeah. No, I, we, I, to be honest, the, um, where I sort of got to know him, you know, on a personal level was international rules. Yeah. Um, my sort of first year, I think it was probably about 2016 where they sort of brought it back and, um, you know, it was, it was really the first time that we mixed mm. apart from away from the footy field because we can hide away down there in Geelong quite well. So, um, you don't see many footballers, um, Rome down unless they're going down to sort of the coastal areas, but yeah. uh, huge respect for both of them. Yeah, 
Who is your greatest rival? Have you got a rival in the competition who maybe had the wood over you or just someone you've locked horns with? Um, like we're speaking about Hawthorne. So outside of Hawthorne and those battles, is there someone that yeah. might have been a tagger who, who had a, a good chance with you or someone you, you love the head-to-head battles with? Well, it was probably, this, you know, when the Swans were the Bloods early days, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but Brett Kirk wasn't yeah. probably quick enough to go with Gaz. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he would get sent to me and they would play sort of Fosdyke on Gaz um, over that period. Yeah. But it was, it was at an age where I was sort of, you know, 21, 22. So being tagged like really young, didn't, didn't know the game really just as of yet. But yep. we were just sort of running around doing what I had to do. And Geelong would sort of get lots of touches and kick more goals than other sides. But every time I got the ball, I just got like sat on it, like, <laughs> you know, pushed back into the dirt. Yeah. Um, so I learned plenty out of pl- like him playing on me. Um, and then you just yeah, had to work out ways to beat him. And that w- that was like one of my favourite tussles growing up. Yeah. But does your mind shift change? So I don't I don't know whether you uh, tagged, you know, it used to probably be nearly every week for you. Does your mind shift, yeah. does your mindset change when you're getting tagged? Or do you just keep doing what you do because you figure that eventually you'll break them or someone will help you? Or when you walk into a centre bounce at the MCG and there's 80,000 there and no one comes to stand next to you, do you just count your blessings? No, you go through different stages. There's obviously, um, the game's difficult and so hard. Like, And then when someone comes and their pure job is just to go and just sit on you and not worry about the rest of the game, that's, um, you know, that's the part of it that can get be really difficult because you're trying to, you know, look after them, but also try and set up the side mm. whilst trying to have an impact on the game. So you got a bit going on through your head and trying to work out how it's all planning out. But um, the, the easiest part when you're getting tagged is if the other guys around you are doing their job and winning the ball. So yeah. you can, um, you can work off them a little bit better, but if that's not happening, it's, it can be really hard to get into a game at times. So I still, um, watch players that are getting tagged now and learn from them. Like sometimes they get it right. Sometimes you can see them really struggling, but yeah. you just don't put yourself out of the game because any of those players that are sort of getting tagged, they only need a moment or two. Mm. Um, you know, we, we used to put a heap of time into like a Silrioli, but he could open a game up within, you know, with two possessions yeah. that he gets. Yeah. Um, Quickly hit the scoreboard or set a couple up, mate. The uh, the scraps and the competitive as Geelong has been known for so long. You haven't bottomed out, which you must love as a competitive footballer. That you haven't taken the opportunity to bottom out a little bit, like a few of those yeah. clubs that sit at the top. I hear Stevie Johnson and Scarlett and those guys talk now that they're in the the coaching fraternity about the the training sessions that would prepare you to play at a, at a level. Do you remember any Barneys? Because I remember my first training session, Hodge and, Mitch, uh, Hodge and Crawford had a Barney, and I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, holy shit, the team hates each other. What's happening here? But in the end, it's pretty yeah. good for it. Can you remember uh, these Geelong sessions I've heard about quite a few times? Do you remember like a, a training session, a Barney or a fight or something that happened to training uh, when the Geelong competitiveness was out and about? Yeah, not, not any that sort of haven't been reported before. You know, the Johnson-Chapman ones that... Uh, How are they fighting? Aren't they both in the forward line? Yeah, but they wouldn't kick it to each other, so that was a bit of a problem sometimes. But, <laughs> but they, you know, they brought out the best in each other too by being so competitive. Um, we're lucky Tom Harley was there to, you know, he was big enough and strong mm. enough to get in between them at times. But uh, the, to be honest, mate, training sessions were just um, so combative. Like early days, I, I sort of put 
starting footy out as you know I played the sub role I know you wore yeah. the vest probably more than anyone yeah but um <laughs> to be honest that was my early days my first sort of 30 games um was I'd play 60 percent of the game time yeah uh, I'd start start on the bench every game every quarter sorry and then um come on for a 12 minute period then come back off and if there was any minutes left in the quarter I'd get to finish it a little bit mm. so I can I can thank the coaches for doing that, but what it allowed me to do through the week, I just got more time to, you know, have a crack next to Max Rook yeah. or Cameron Ling, uh, mm. Joel Corey, and I, I sort of got uh, more out of doing that uh, along the way. Who's the best of that mob? Uh, uh, well, Gary yeah. over just, uh, you know, he he's, he did it for like. Oh, so nine good. years he was probably the best mm. best player in the comp like um with buddy he would just you know the the stuff that he could do even when he went up to the suns and was doing it around kids mm. you sort of just shake your head and just wonder how it's uh how it's all manageable uh talking about the suns uh matt rowe has been a lot of talk about him being a junior you essentially um he did his shoulder on the weekend which is unfortunate yeah uh, have you been in contact with matt rowe offered um a bit of mentorship or advice or has he been in contact with you he looks like a pretty proactive kid and if not Matt Rowell has any youngsters reached out to you from another club that have said uh, mate I'd love your ear if I can grab it for a bit well Matt was an interesting one I you know I just turned it on that night that he was playing against the Eagles and he Mm. just sort of it was you know something special for someone that you know it was sort of it was unbelievable what he was doing out there but then he sort of backed it up and backed it up and then we're everyone's sort of looking at him going geez we need it (laughs) shut this kid out don't yeah. we like this kid's really serious but I, he does have my number we've, we've messaged a couple of times we've touched base again after the weekend and this shoulder but you know a little hiccup for him right now mm. um, the Gold Coast understand that it's you know the next three or four years that they're really going to play off and be a real force that uh, he's going to be leading that so um, it's disappointing for him right now but he'll be right yeah the other one from another club is probably Zach Merritt that I've had a fair bit to do with yeah. every now and then. I just, um, when Essendon were going through their supplements stuff, I sort of reached out to him back then purely just to, he was a young kid coming through. He was an All-Australian at the time. And I think that's what the first place that I sort of met him. And I just said, you know, if you ever need to make contact with anyone that you from another club and it wasn't a poaching call yeah. or anything like that. It was purely just to, help him out because he didn't have players around him at the time that uh, he would have liked. So I've, I've liked following Zach. I think that he gets unfair criticism at times, yeah. but what he can do the other way is uh, pretty exciting. A uh, good Melbourne grammar kid with a, a lovely left foot. Uh, talking about Ablett and you know, shoulders, remember when Gaz had his shoulder and he was sitting out a lot of games? And everyone was like, well, Gaz might be done. We might not see much more of Gaz. It's funny with Matt Rowe. Yeah. He'll miss 12 months and you won't even, in five years' time, you won't remember his missed time. Would you? Like, it just doesn't yeah. even matter right now. They've got some good kids, Gold Coast. Uh, did you spend much time on them in pre-game on the weekend or are you still sort of more focused about yourself when you play against those sort of sides? Well, we're sort of, even right now, like we're more focusing on ourselves. It's um, just during this period, it's really tough to sort of, you know, you have a quick look at the opposition, but it's hard to get a fluid and, you know, try and get the program working all together because we're not spending any time together out on the park. We played, when did we play? Uh, Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yep. And then to get the next sort of session that we'll have, we had a little one yesterday, but mm. we're only out on the track for about 15 minutes. 
is uh, out on the ground tomorrow night, which is Thursday night. So um, just with all these restrictions and regulations at the moment, it's just more important that, you know, we try and work on our game more, make it try and try and make it unstoppable. Um, um, Try and teach the kids, you know, exactly what we want to do, when we want to do within games. We we understood that they were a force. So the Gold Coast Suns, but geez, um, yeah, it was more about putting time into ourselves. Who would you take, Raul or King? You got one right now. You, you can pinch for five years' time. Well, I think you're just always safer taking a uh, yeah a mid. So well, I'll it's the Real, thought. It's the thought. The Selwood situation. The um, nah, they're, they're, they're good. Aren't they going to be good? good? Young player. Hey, mate, I was doing some research on you before, and I, I couldn't find that you'd won the most courageous player in the competition, which I knew you had. But it's called the um, Rose award or whatever you've won it four yep. times which is which is great do you you know you obviously i know you like american sport and all that sort of stuff do you um have any concerns about head knocks and stuff or i know a lot of the time when you bleed it's just a, a flat, like a, a little knock on some shitty skin so it looks a lot worse sometimes <laughs> than it is um but do you do you have any fears or has the doctors ever spoken to you about it or is that the purpose why you played on the wing more last year do you have any issues with with head knocks or anything like that I have issues only around people that don't understand, you know, the, the treatment that we get and yeah. uh, the hands-on sort of work from the doctors that we see, you know, just regularly that we're making contact and they're trying to find out more information about, you know, all sorts of concussions too. Mm-hmm. And concussions can be so different, you know, every time. So it was it's more sort of that stuff that you probably get frustrated that a lot of people comment on it that don't have enough information and you know, with background information too, you know, I found that that's probably the most sort of annoying stuff, but it's, um, it's obviously a concern, you know, yeah. we're having players now sit out for long, long periods of the game. It's happened in the U S you know, for years, but it's sort of only just come into our game now. So we obviously want players to leave the game in a good situation. And yeah. it's, it's not with their brain, you know, telling them things or, or being a bit different to when they started. What does it mean to you winning most courageous play in the competition? Is it something you set out to do? I know, for example, Stevie Johnson for a while had a contest for goal yeah. assists and that sort of stuff. Is most courageous, I don't know if you do goals at the start of the year, but is that something you write down on your little thing or something you want to win or is it just a, a product of the way you play? More that, I think, more a product of how I play. But it's a really uh, interesting award, I reckon. You know, you, you love being recognised um, and you appreciate it. Mm. But at the same time, I always I used to... Um, for 12 years, I changed next next to a locker next to uh, Tom Lonigan, who has, yeah. you know, a huge scar on his chest. That's, um, you know, he backs back into a pack one day, and you know, it was a life and death situation mm. that he put himself in. And you go, oh, is that worth it? Like, yeah. you know, he's he's lucky now, and he's out the other side. And um, but yeah, you you you're more understanding of it now that you probably. Um, appreciate it but mm. it's something that you'll look back on and you go i think that the award should be judged a little bit differently maybe yeah i, I used to say you know i mean we've had rough we've had rough go through a, uh, a cancer situation yeah that, you know i don't know enough about so i shouldn't talk about it but even thinking you know little things like that yeah you're like, jesus um robbie gray's done the same situation had the same situation mm. You know, that, that's pretty courageous stuff. You're right. There's tough and then there's courageous, isn't there? They're probably two different yeah, beasts. Yeah. So Geelong at the moment, how is it working for you guys in the hubs? You've got, oh, I was on radio the other day defending the the, dad, the Richmond dads. I think it's people are bitter and um, 
I can't believe that they're filthy, that their footballs are taking time off to be fathers and they shouldn't be getting paid. I, I find it really bizarre. You've obviously got a bit of a, a situation with Gaz at the moment. Are Geelong just sitting back with the dads and especially Gaz and sort of they're just rowing the boat themselves and, and whatever direction they want to go in, uh, you fully support? Yeah, and not only the dads, Dave. I mean, um, you know, th- th- that's the obviously easy one to say because they've got, you yep. know, whether it's kids back home or, you know, partners. But um, we've said to any of our guys, you know, if this situation becomes too hard and you need it back home or you, you want to go back home, then, you know, we're okay with that. It's not the 80s or 90s where if yeah. you're left, then you, you're you out and we can't trust you and anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, if you need if you need to go home, you need to go home. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll just pick the next one. And we're, we're understanding of all that. The, the guys know that thoroughly. The girls, our partners have been told straight from our, you know, head of football and coach, which was really important too, that, mm. yeah, the boys are... They'll just play it by year. You know, they'll do the best they can yeah. um, whilst they're here. But if they need it back home, they can head back home. Does this year, this year's grand finalist premiership team uh, equate to the other premiers in your eyes? I mean, by the end, who knows what's going to happen. But I spoke to Luke Shuey, who, who you're good mates with, and he seemed to yeah. think that if you can – it's like uh, Hunger Games. And, you know, you, you fight, yeah. you're fighting to the death and whoever's last standing wins. Well, it is equal because, uh, you know, it's a different format, but – the shit you've gone through to get through the other side is far more greater challenges than what you've had throughout the past. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you ever told me that you we were going to share a plane with, you know, the opposition, mm. um, you know, and come up to Sydney <sighs> and spend a week and then head to Perth for a few weeks, I would have said you're not in my lifetime. Yeah. Like, used to fly in sort of, you know, private jet sort of day of the game, NBA mm. style sort yeah. of thing. But, oh, mate, it's, yeah, it's wild. It's, really strange at the moment and I think that you know yeah you've just got to stay stay on the ball as much as you can there's a lot of lot of unknown which is the hardest part not only for ourselves but um you know the footy club and then you know partners and stuff like that because this this time last week we were playing St Kilda and now we're up in Sydney playing Mm. um Brisbane tomorrow night like oh mate it's this is fast changing and then you know victorian borders are closed at the moment we're not sure what that means we understand that we're home to victoria in you know 30 days or so Mm -hmm. um do you reckon that we'll be just gotta uh i still think that we will be um i you know right now we need victoria to you know get their act together Mm. um and we need these cases to come down so the government you know, they've got to be really strict on everyone yeah. back there. So, you know, we can come home and these borders can open back up because that's the best way that the game, that'll be the easiest way the game gets back. Are you, and how are you going? I won't keep you much longer, mate, because you're preparing for a game. How are you going, like mentally? I'm good. To be honest, I was sad at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, and not so much for me, mate. The game's grown and, you know, it's been a beautiful ride for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole way along, been so lucky. But this year, you, you know, we've lost volunteers, um, mm. you know, as a part of the foot, footy club. Um, they can't come in. You know, we've got a stable 25 that's sort of, you know, working there along with the footy guys. The corridors are empty at stages because, yeah. you know, we are, we're only training in groups of eight. To build the culture and to keep that going and to help young kids out and grow and make their footy better, that's what I'm finding is the toughest mm. um, right now. So that's the sad part of it. but. Um, there's also the part of it that it's it's a huge challenge too. Yeah. You know, there's a huge opportunity to learn so much out of all this, and um, 
so so that's the exciting part has my my favorite geelong um contributor uh, survived the the color is he on, on hold is, is his name sam young down syndrome yeah like, sammy morford he, he he will log into this too so you'll uh, appreciate you uh doing it no sammy he's he was on the cusp. He's on the yeah. edge. He knew that. Yeah. We kept telling him. He, he just goes for his year-by-year year contract. So okay. at the moment, he's off, but he's he's told to keep fit and, yeah. and keep working away. So I got a lovely message from him uh, for my 300th on the weekend. He's He knows that he's wanted around the footy club. So yeah. that's why we needed to get back to normal because, you know, we can have good people like that around. I bloody – I used to get calls from him. I don't know why. It, it, it Hawkins. I used to get a phone call from him, but uh, three hundred games, mate. You couldn't have you couldn't have dreamt of that. Was it a little bit of a downer without the family there? Or it, I, I think about um, the debutants whose parents are zooming in and that sort of stuff. I know three hundred's a ginormous yeah. achievement. It's it's as big. As, you know, if you fell asleep when you're eighteen, saying you're going to play three hundred, how have you dealt yeah. with it? Or are you sort of more you know kids kids getting their first jumper via Zoom and that sort of stuff. And you're just grateful. Three hundred games last week, uh, incredible achievement, I must say. How, yeah. how, did, how did you feel about it all? I would have loved mum and mum and dad and Brit. They were only sort of fifteen hundred meters away from the ground, but yeah. yet they were watching it on tally. That that's the hardest part. They've been along the journey, not only for the a lot of those games, but you know whether it be driving up to Melbourne to you know join those sort of representative times mm. uh, sides with you early days that's a part of the journey that you just go, you know, a lot of it's been about me this week, but these people, you know, enjoy it. I wanted mum and dad to do as many interviews as they wanted to do. Yeah. I thought they were going to come on your podcast. But you've <laughs> obviously gone around them, but uh, <laughs> maybe episode sort of 99, they might get on, but I'll be on. They, um, yeah. And then for Brit too, like, you know, she's joined me now and it's been um wonderful taking her along and enjoying the footy journey and she sees me you know on the thursday night still limping out of bed to go yeah. to the toilet and stuff like that probably thinking how i'm going to get up for the weekend's game and just helps me out along the way so that's you know why you mm. would love them to be there but we just understood probably you know we requested and we you know even the gold coast suns were great they said you know if we've got seats that we can give up we yeah. would love to so that that's really nice when the footy community comes together do you remember we visited your mum in hospital i don't know it might have been yeah, we did. 10, 10 years ago did she have scoliosis yeah. is that the have i got the right yeah yeah and do you remember you. when she they did. when so they curvier of the back yeah curve of the back and i remember we went to visit her and she jumped out of bed she grew fucking six inches she, <laughs> she when she when they unrolled her she was a giant yeah yeah so yeah, she went from probably a you know five foot eight woman to a five foot ten pretty quickly. Oh mate, it was it was, uh, it was amazing when when that old back straightened. There she was. That was that was fair. I still remember it sitting in the Richmond uh, in the Richmond hospital. Yeah, uh, mate. Well, I'll wrap up. Last year you played on the wing. What what was the purpose for yeah. that? Well, we needed our group to grow. So you know we we sort of spin a lot of numbers through there. We had Tim Kelly playing some really good footy in there too. Mm -hmm. And then for me. It was sort of about getting my running legs back, but I also had some hammy tendonitis that I yeah. um, played a bit through. You know, I, I thought at some stages I was feeling um, good with it, and then some weeks I was just, you know, just limping away. To be honest, right to the end, it was the the one thing that I was finding is just couldn't get up to speed. Whereas, you know, I've had the operation now, and they basically just opened up sort of down near the side of my knee, and um, found that you know, what the tendon was looking like and it just had a big lot of fluid in there and yeah. I just couldn't get rid of it. So yeah, right. 
it, it, you go through interesting stages though. Like I lost for the final series. I, I tried to lose about six kilos just to, <laughs> you know, play at a lighter weight just to, to do it. Cause mm. I, a couple of years before when I had a scoliosis injury, a syndesmosis injury, I oh, did you were scoliosis as well. To... We'll unroll you. You'll be no, six no, foot three. No, I went syndesmosis, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did the same thing. I tried to lose as much weight so I could, um, so I didn't have to put pressure on my sort of ankle joint yeah. and um, try and come back as soon as I could. What um, What did you use to lose the weight, just quietly? Well, what, a number of things, Dave. I didn't, I didn't drink as much as what you do. I oh, that'll I didn't do. Eat as I much just, as what you did, so. Uh, I'm on the man shakes. I don't eat much. I just drink. I, I'm on man shakes. What's in them? I don't What's know. What's in your man shake? No, like the actual, it's called man shake. It, the, the slogan on man shake is, uh, it's like Merv Hughes, Paul Ruse. It's like, uh, lose Stay the lose the beer gut without losing the beers is the slogan. And that's what really? I jumped on. Yeah, no, no, I've, I've been having to go. Last last two from me, I did a, I did a thing about Geelong before and they, they asked who their best player in five years is going to be. And we had a little bit of trouble with the kids. I know you got draft picks left, right and centre out of... Um, out of Tim Kelly and all that sort of stuff. What, who are the kids that Geelong have got? The, the, we went with Parfit in the end. Uh, and Cockatoo, we said we just haven't seen. Well, what kids are floating around yeah. Geelong? Well, that you haven't seen? Yeah, well, who, who do you think's going to go to that A-grade level? Well, we've got blokes that will be around for 10 years, so we're not giving Clark back to you in WA. I'll he's, see uh, about that. He's going to stay around for a long, long time. we got a kid named Cooper Stevens who we got in their first round last year. Yeah. That he's going to be around for 10 years. Sam DeConning, he's got a brother at Carlton. Um, Sam's a defender, peel off sort of Harry Taylor replacement. He's spending a lot of time with H at the moment, mm-hmm. and he will be a he'll be a great player, especially getting the guidance from H. And then we're we're sort of got a lot of players between that age of you know twenty one and mm. you know Jack Henry, College Asney, twenty one and twenty four at the moment. Yeah, uh, Mark O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like he's a good player. But he's going to be a really, really, really good player. Yeah. Like, Even on the weekends, uh, was the weekend before college, hasn't he? He actually looked. I was like, hurt, strong. Like, looked really sh- strong in the contest and stuff. Yeah. But I was like, geez, that's not a change. But maybe I hadn't noticed him. But no, you're right. And it well, the is. One, the one thing is, like, he plays against Hawk during the week. Yeah. So, good luck. Um, I guess he's learned to put on that weight, and then uh, he will be able to play on the big, yeah. big forwards down there. Uh, I've always wondered, and uh, I, I asked the stars. Have you ever been? Have you ever, this is the last one? Um, any monster offers or offers from other clubs? You know, one club players. I know Sam Mitchell ended up moving and Luke Hodge moved, but technically one club players. They, they did you know such a long stint uh, throughout their prime when when clubs were circling. Which club came after you the hardest? And was there ever a time where you were umming and ahhing? Uh, fourteen years is it? Fourteen years about that uh, in one club, yeah. uh, captain for so long. Three premierships, all six all Australians. Did you ever get the the checkbook turn up and go, oh shit, right? This is what it looks like. Dave, <laughs> ah. uh, not really, which is probably a bit sad for you, for me and your podcast because mm. we could get a headline out of this. But oh no, I mean, really th- I mean, this could have been ten years ago or whatever. N- nothing. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. There wasn't. It was. Um, I don't know. if I'm just too easy on my uh, manager, Tommy. But yeah, it was. They were always pretty easy, well, uh, yeah. the contracts for me. It was yeah. like, Geelong's got this, you know, you're happy there? And it was the answer yeah. was always sort of yes. Yeah. So it was like, uh, well, we might as well sign it. So yeah. it, to be honest, I don't know. I reckon the longest one of my contracts would have gone, maybe would have gone a month 
and I don't know what they were doing or what they were discussing. But uh, <laughs> yeah. the club, yeah, the club knew that you know how much I loved the place, and yeah, you know, I, the one thing you spoke before, but we've always played off. You know, even when we were probably, in, you know, had sides that we weren't supposed to, we mm. we you just appreciate you know getting the chance to have a crack at it every year. So yeah, um, the easy thing is to do is to go down the bottom of the ladder and um, reset again, but. Uh, it's just sort of not in the makeup for me. It's yeah. sort of, you know, if we can get a chance and we, and we can sneak one, and we got close to a couple, you know, that we probably shouldn't have been, you know, in at all. But yeah, at some stage, I might regret that. But nah, you know, to <laughs> be mean, honest, I just love playing. I mean, there's not too many resumes that say 300 and three premierships. It's it's unbelievable. But you, so you're the odd one out here because West Coast came with a big offer for me, um, 100, 110,000 in match payments. So, I mean, I'm not scoffing at the 110K, but when you read the average is 380, you think, far out. Oh, I'm a long way back. But anyway, that is, was just... Is that, why the bro- is that why the little brother set you up in the dungeon mate, uh, in West Perth that time? That's, that's why I was literally homeless because when, you, when tax gets half of that, yeah, then there's not right. much, and then your health insurance comes out, and then you go, right, well... Um, Beautiful. I may as well go work at Coles as well, uh, do night shifts, because um, that monster offer fucking kept me afloat. But anyway, mate, uh, I'll wrap it up. Really, really love speaking to you. Love spending time with you. You've got a good level of stardom, but a good level of um, fun in you, mate. And uh, what a pleasure to have you on. And, and thanks for your time. Good luck. Uh, good luck tonight. It'll be tonight when I when I probably or tomorrow. Don't know. It depends how many beers I have this afternoon. Whether I get it up today or not. But. Um, Mate, thanks for jumping on. And I forgot to mention the bit of your uh, profile that I didn't add was you won a premiership in the preseason cup in 09. So a four-time premiership player. Well done. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to give me the call. No, I I try and... I'm bloody down the list. I'm in the top 10 still, but I'm down the list. No, I know... I I know what it is. So you, if I went to your first, you would have said, yeah, how much? But if I can get a few others in first for free, then you realise that just jump in the boat, grab an oar and join the crew, mate. But uh, Nah, that's it. I'm in the boat. Well done, mate. Thanks very much. Good luck too tomorrow night. Uh, love watching you play and uh, look forward to catching up when we, when we can. And I'm going to drop in, actually, if you guys are going well over here in Perth, I'm going to sneak into your coronavirus COVID hub. And before you know it, you're suspended, Hawk suspended, Dangerfield suspended. <laughs> Thank you, West Coast. No, nah, no, nah, we're going to be strict over nah, there. No, nah, I'll sneak it in. Days, you're going to lock us away for nowhere, nah. and we'll be right. That's how we'll much I through. hate you lock. This is my only chance. I never beat him in a game of football, but I'm going to end your season by sneaking into your coronavirus hub. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Yeah. Appreciate See it. You, mate. See you, mate. See you, bye, bye.